Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Well, we have uh, the honor and privilege uh, every once in a while to get someone in the water and see them be baptized. Amen. What I want to do right now is provide an opportunity. If any of you have either recommitted your life to Jesus recently, or you've given your life to Christ, and you feel like the Spirit's prompting you to get in the water and to get baptized in, in that act of obedience to what Jesus has asked us to do, to identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I'm going to give you that opportunity. We have now, some of you would say, but I didn't bring clothes. It's okay. We bought a bunch of shorts and t-shirts of a bunch of different sizes. So do not let your dress code hold you back. And we got towels, okay? Amen. All right. So if you feel like that's you and you want to get baptized, you're welcome to come join us this morning. Okay. But we're going to start off with Angela. And Angela's going to join us in the water. Angela, come on in. Come on, let's give her a hand. At least it's not ice cold, right? Yeah, so um, Angela, it's been a pleasure to hear your story a little bit about how God's always been drawing you to himself, but you finally felt like you could make that commitment to Jesus. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your story? started with my grandma she actually was a big part of my life growing up and she was really a great Christian a great woman uh, she's just an amazing person and I always always thought that she was such you know some some Christians don't seem to kind of follow the way you know quite the same and she just always did the right thing always helped people always was just amazing and she wanted me you know to make me be a better person so I've always strived to try and live my life that way and now that I've came here I finally found a church to where I feel like I'm welcome and I'm able to be part of something bigger and to find God and be closer to him well, we are excited for your journey. Yeah. Amen. We're excited to be on it with you. Amen. Amen. Well, Angela, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to have you plug your nose and grab your arm like this. And then I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You can put your hand down. So the first question, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Yeah. Are you committed to follow him at all costs? Amen. All right, well, go ahead and do the thing. Angela, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. times so she's like are you next so um does anyone else feel led to be baptized this morning okay well with that we're going to continue in worship this morning and uh, let's celebrate the grace of god isn't he good he's good let's celebrate annalee thank you I'm going to have Annalie continue to play for a little bit. And I, what I want to do is break up into some groups because we got some things to pray over this morning. Because the love of the Father is here, not only in us, but I believe his presence is very present in this room right now. And when God shows up, he heals. When God shows up, he makes the crooked places straight. And there's some crooked things. So we want to we wanna pray healing and life and, and God's justice over some things. 
How many know God's justice is a higher level of justice than ours? Amen. Amen. Thank Jesus. His justice is mercy. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. So when, when, when there's a situation and we're praying for the justice of God, just be careful because his mercy might overwhelm it. And it might not be the justice you were hoping for. Just saying. That's just me. That's just me. Okay. Uh, what I'd love to do is uh, I, I, I want to... Anybody here who's dealing with physical illness, physical sickness, I already have some very specific things that we're going to pray into, but um, if that's you, you've been dealing with pain, physical pain in your body, something that's been off or wrong, I want you to go ahead and stand for us. Okay, so we've got some big needs. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come around a few things this morning. Um, we have, we have um, Kim's family needs prayer, right? They've been in an absolute chaos of sickness. And so we're going to declare that the crooked things become straight. So if a couple of you want to go around Kim, we're going to pray for Craig. He just had surgery on his hip and it's not, he's having a hard time with the healing process. So we're going to, we're going to pray into that this morning. Uh, we are going to also, I, I made notes actually here. Let's make sure I don't miss any that were on my, on my radar here. Oh, we, we need um, someone to stand in for Tom Osborne. His wife Diane is in callous spell and dealing with some, is it kidney, kidney or liver? Lots of problems. There was like a lot of things going on. So who would like to stand in for Tom? Jim's going to stand in for Tom. We've got Kim. We've got Craig. Now there's one other thing that I want to, I want to talk about. Jerry uh, Dingman is up for parole. Joy's husband, right back there. Joy, will you raise your hand? Her husband's up for parole on Friday. So we're praying that God's justice would be done there that mercy would be extended. Amen? Now, Jim has had an integral role uh, because they were here while I was on my leave of absence. And, and so Jerry, uh, and, and Jim is committed to mentor Jerry. Um, and Jerry, I've asked Jerry to do some things in the process. I've asked Joy to do some things in the process to make sure that they're healthy. And they've committed to that. So we wanna come around them and support them in their process. Amen? For God's justice to be done. All right? Now, anyone left standing, if you were sitting, go find somebody to go lay hands on and pray for. Because it is the prayer, it is, it is our prayer that releases a blessing. And how many of you know that the blessing is greater than any curse? Amen. Amen. So we release blessing because blessings will remove curses. Yes. Amen. 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 I'm going to open this up and then I'm asking that you pray for healing for those who are in this room. Somebody's got to lay hands on John, please. Thank you. So Father, we come before you right now with our hearts open to hear your divine word over each of these situations. And we declare, God, that your healing power, your healing authority will be released through the blood of Jesus over every single one of these situations. Father, that those things that are crooked would be made straight in Jesus' name. Those things that are out of alignment and out of balance in the body would be made whole. They would be made right in Jesus' name. We declare that. Now, I want you to release the blessing of life. I want you to release wholeness. I want you to pray with faith that God will heal, that he will bring things into its right order. Begin to pray over each other right now. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to just speak the name of Jesus over, over them. Just say, Jesus, the name above every other name, the name that every, every other name must bow to the name of Jesus. 
Hips have to bow to the name of Jesus. Vertigo has to bow to the name of Jesus. Back pain has to bow to the name of Jesus. Prostate cancer has to bow to the name of Jesus. We speak Jesus over you. Father, I'm asking right now that you would flood every single person here with your presence, that your love would overwhelm them, that you would grant them an immeasurable encounter with your presence and your love that transforms how they see the world from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. sing that chorus of reckless love again. Let's just receive this chorus and, and give God praise. Give somebody a hug and a shake a hand and tell them you love them. Nothing they can do about it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, it feels, it feels really good to be back in the uh, energy level where I think I can preach with a little fire this morning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's, God's, um, I'm, I'm just going to share a little bit um, this morning. We're going to read out of Ephesians chapter 2. Um, and so if you have your Bibles, you can go there. I'm going to share a couple of things this morning. And then we are going to talk about the redemption of grace um, because I believe that all things are being redeemed and renewed through the grace of God. Um, and grace is, an, is a sticky thing for a lot of people because we know we don't deserve it. Right. And guess what? We blow it and things go wrong and yet his mercy covers us and his grace empowers us. Um, you know, what's funny about grace is that we're still accountable even with grace. Did you know that? Even with grace, you're still, you're still accountable. God doesn't remove accountability because of grace. Did you know that? So it's very interesting because God tells us to clean up our messes when we make messes. And he empowers us to do that, which is grace. So grace isn't the removal of consequences, it's the empowerment to make things right. Man, I, I think so many of us would, would absolutely, oh, we dismiss kids to kids' church. I just realized I saw a group going. So awesome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What are we doing? What's happening? Um, Yeah, I'm preaching, the, cricket, the crickets are going. Yeah, I'm teaching the kids to just kill them. 
because they always try and come back in. So you can let them out all day. They're, you know, they know how they know their way home. They're better than they're better than Lassie. Um, yeah, and I'm and and you know this mic actually will pick that up, so you can hear it on the recording. You know, it's beautiful. You know, he's preaching fire when the crickets are going. <laughs> so grace empowers us to do things that we can't normally do on our own. Uh, mercy is God relenting from what we deserve. Grace empowers us to get it right. And so often we're asking for mercy when we need grace. And so often when we need, we'll be asking for grace when we just need mercy. Mercy and grace are not the same thing. They're very different. And I think it's really important to recognize that because there are some things that we just need to have. I'm just going to talk relationally with each other. There are some things that we just need to have mercy for where we just cover it. And there's other things that we need to actually be empowered with grace in order to clean it up with each other. Amen? So I believe in this next season, we're going to have a, a revelation of grace and empowerment to have the healthiest relationships that we could ever have in the planet. Amen. Come on. Marriages are going to thrive at a different level yeah. because of grace. People are going to be transformed at a different pace than we're used to. Because of grace empowering it. It is not through ritual. It is not through regimented religious activity. It is by grace through faith that we receive the new man that God has called us to be. Amen? Okay. So be on the lookout for the challenge of grace. Because every time that there's an opportunity for grace to be, for grace to be extended, there's also an opportunity for the enemy and for judgment to be extended. Right. And we have a choice on what we are going to do in those situations. Yeah. So I run to the Father and I fall into grace, right? I saw that was up on your list to maybe sing today. You know, like, okay, so she's hearing, right? Like, okay, run to the Father. Because we need his grace in order to be empowered to go to that next place. Amen. How many of you want to receive grace this morning? I do. We need it. We need it. All right. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Um, what I'm going to do is read through the whole thing, and there's three key points in this specific passage of Scripture that I believe God wants us to grab onto, especially in the celebration of baptism, especially on a day where we're encountering the love of the Father in the fullness of the gospel, that I think he's calling us into some things, and I'm excited for what he's going to do today in your heart and your mind as well as mine as we dig into this. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. I'm reading out of the new King Jimmy. And you, he, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not that, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God 
prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I think it's important to know where we were. Where were we? Where were we really? Dead. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. I love the fact that it's almost like a location versus a state of being. Where were we? Well, before Jesus, you were located in the, in the place of death, under the, under the control of the prince of the air. You were actually being animated under the influence of brokenness, living on the devil's agenda. We were satisfying ourselves according to the brokenness of our appetites. That's where we were. I think it's good to look back a little bit sometimes. You know, I mean, uh, I've heard lots of different analogies for testimonies, right? You don't share your testimony to bring glory to the devil, right? So you don't brag about your sin. <laughs> Just, it's not a good place to start your testimony. You don't know how bad I was. <laughs> not good. But you do allow your testimony to become a backdrop to the glory of God and how he revealed himself and how he redeemed the situation. You can say, you know, where I was was dead. But I am no longer there. See, I was made in the image of God, and that thing inside of me that cried out for God heard God because he was calling out to me. And I responded, and then he came and changed me from where I was to now I'm in a different place. Amen? The reason why I'm using location is because he says, listen, who you are now is actually seated in heaven. There's actually a location attached to where you are now. Where as before you were seated in hell. And now you're seated in heaven. There was not an in-between. Can we just be really clear? It wasn't a long, drawn-out path into the, the into freedom. No, you went from darkness to light. And if you, you know, I, I think a lot of people love the concept of relative gray. Not in the kingdom. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the fact that not only were we dark, but he made us alive, right? Because we were dead, he made us alive, right? We were darkness, now we're light, right? We know that he has redeemed all of the bad. All of the bad things have been redeemed. I'm going to say it again because a couple of you don't believe it. All of the bad things have been redeemed. And the reason why we can say that with confidence is because Paul tells the church in Rome, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? No condemnation means that your past no longer is pushing your future. Now, there's a redemptive arc to your past. In that the places where the enemy tried to steal, kill, and destroy you, that God actually empowers you to redeem some of those places, maybe not all of them, but every area where the enemy had a stronghold, as soon as, as, soon as that is overcome in Christ, you now have authority in that area. You now have authority in that area. Men who struggle with pornography, when they are delivered, they now have authority in the area of sexual purity and can lead men out. It's a fact. That's why a lot of people who still struggle with certain things try to lead people out and it's never successful because <laughs> they're still enmeshed in it. And their best intention hasn't been 
It hasn't had that ark yet to be redeemed. There's a reason why Jesus told the disciples to wait until they received power. And there was a purifying fire that came upon them at the baptism of the Holy Spirit that allowed them the freedom to begin that process of impacting the world for Jesus. I think this is why Jesus said, wait until you have power. His mercy is putting you on the shelf until his glory has been revealed in your ability to overcome in an area. I think we push ourselves and we become too ambitious to be ministers instead of just waiting to heal. If we're a refuge for healing, we've got to allow the time and the place for people to walk out the healing before we kick them out into the wolves. Because we are a launch pad, but we want people to be so whole and so filled with the Holy Spirit and overcoming that they're, when they go into the mission field, they aren't struck down on day one because they didn't get healed. Come on, I've seen it. I've seen it. We all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. I think it's really important to understand that this passage of Scripture comes directly behind Paul telling us about our inheritance in Christ in Ephesians 1. He, he outlines the inheritance that we have in Christ. And then he says very clearly, listen, we all once were this way, but now you're this way. And now that you're this way, you get to receive the inheritance. Um, I feel like we've got to enter into a consistent answer on our lips of but God. There's a lot of testimony of sickness, disease, bad things, all of that stuff happening. Right? We just went through some chaos physically. But God. But God. Who is rich in mercy. But God who heals, but God who makes things right, but God who repairs relationships, but God who brings those who are far close, but God can comfort us in all of our pain, but God, but God, but God. We are very quick to say, but the doctor said, And for some of us, but they didn't do what they said they were going to do. But they. But if only they did that. If only they were this way. And we're pointing the fingers around. When, no, but God. So I believe this is the cry of the season. As, as things get squirrely in our nation. As things continue to unfold in relationship as we continue to change and shift and grow here, there will be things that you're like, that don't make no sense. Can I just say, you need to go, but God, I'm going to come to the Father and find out what you're doing. Right? So it's very easy to get mixed around. No, but God, I'm going to come to the Father. But God, but God, but God, whatever challenge you're in, Whatever situation you're in, we have to begin to proclaim, but God. Will you say it with me? But, but God. God. Say it again. But, but God. God. One more time. But God. God. Amen. Amen. He's rich in mercy because of his great love. The motivator of mercy and grace is love. He's made us alive and he's raised us up together with Christ. All right. 
There's two ways to look at this concept of being raised up, right? We just watched the baptism, right? Identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection, right? Romans 6 is very clear that if we have been buried in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be risen in the likeness of his resurrection. So we've been raised up together with Christ, with Christ, not of our own doing, with Christ, amen? But the other thing that's really interesting is he's writing to a community. See, you've been raised up together with Christ. We have all been raised up together with Christ. There's no such thing as a lone wolf Christian. That's not kingdom. We are raised up together with Christ. So that tells us very clearly that we need each other. We need each other. We need community, and we need to be able to unveil what the darkness was so that we can actually unveil your light. Some of us have been walking around in darkness with shame and condemnation because you're unwilling to be transparent with somebody in your world about who you are, about where you've been, about what God has healed you of, about what you're struggling with today. Proverbs 28:13. He who conceals his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses will find mercy. Mercy is found with confession. Mercy is found with taking ownership for where we have failed, where we got it wrong. I love, I love that the confrontation for sin in the body, Jesus uses Matthew 18 to confront sin in the body, Right? Uses, gives us a model on how to do that. And that model is only found when someone's not repentant. But if they're willing to fall into mercy, we're done. Isn't that beautiful? That God's immediate response is restoration. Immediate response for the repentant. We're... Uh, We've had a six-week pause on a sermon series on our mission, vision, and values. Seven-week. And, and I wanted us to go over this today because we have to reground after some chaos around the love of the Father, the mercy we extend, and the grace that we can extend to one another. Because love is the foundation of everything that we do here. Amen. And that outworking of love is going to be found in what we pursue and how we walk through hell with one another. Yes, because when you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Have somebody come with you. Actually, bring someone into your hell. Because they will have the courage and the faith to sustain you through the journey. Because they've probably been through it themselves. And they know there's light at the end of your tunnel. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, but God, I love that he has seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Colossians 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Because of the but God, and his love, and his mercy for us, we can be dead men walking. 
We could be dead women walking. We are dead to the old, and we are alive in Christ. This was really big for me, this concept of the dead men walking to overcome in personal areas that I struggled with. Like, no, that's a dead man thought. In fact, I was encouraged, I don't remember when, it was a long time ago, and I've used it from time to time, to take anything that I wanted to put to the cross and to have dead and buried, to write it all down and burn it, and then put a stick in the ground where I buried the ashes. And then I could point to it and go, there's the dead man, that's not me. That's the dead man, that's not me. I'm alive in Christ. That's the dead man that is not me. However that looks for you, I recommend you take some steps. If you're struggling to kill the old man, confess, get some help, and bury the guy. Hit him over the head with a shovel. Okay? Whatever, whatever bad movie reference you want to use. Just get rid of the guy. Right? Cement at the bottom of the river, feet in cement, right? If you want to go Guido, go ahead, kill the guy, all right? Whatever it takes for you, Ben, whatever it takes for you to say that's not the risen Chris because that doesn't identify with Jesus and his life in me. I am seated in heavenly places. If that's not, that, that's got to be put to death and put down. Amen? Amen? Now, verse 6, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You are the ages to come. You're part of that. I mean, we're 2,000 years away from Paul writing this. You are part of the ages to come. So the reason why the love of the Father and the mercy of God was poured out into us is so that we might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. Anybody else struggle with how to do that? It's by modeling and living your life surrendered to the will of God. His kindness and his grace empowers us to do what we can't do on our own, and it is his kindness that causes us to do things that we can't do. It's his love and his kindness that brings him glory, that brings the entire message of our life to reveal his kindness. Um, I, I think it's really good to consider that he wants to show the riches of his grace. That means he wants to empower you to do what you can't do so much that it is wealth. It is an abundance of grace so that your life is an outpouring of the abundance of grace. Some of us think so smallly, think so small. Smalling, is that a word? I don't think it's a word. I'm trying to work it in, though, okay? Some of us think so lowly of our station with God. Some of us feel shame and condemnation. Some of us don't believe that God could fully redeem us in our brokenness. That we... Don't look for the riches of his grace to be manifested in our life. We just want to survive. 
We want to survive a situation. We just want to get to the end of the road here. It's too much for me. Guys, that's mercy. Mercy gets you to the end of the road. You can make all the mistakes in the world and God will take care of you because you're a child of his. You can keep messing it up and messing it up and messing it up and his mercy will make sure that you get through it. Grace will empower you to reveal the richness of his kindness towards you. Uh, Great um, story. Um, I have a friend who basically um, is what I would call chaotic is not the right word, but spontaneous maybe. And they just do things on a whim, spontaneously, all the time, all the time. No forethought, no planning, they just do things. And they get themselves consistently in situations where they are stuck and they need a way out. And they're like, I'm praying for God to do that. I'm like, you know, you could have planned, you know, like you could have thought ahead and all this would be solved because you asked for some advice. You know, like you could have done, like, and so they're praying, praying for help in all these different situations and they don't plan. It's just kind of everything spontaneous and whatever they feel in the moment, that's the direction they go. You're like, whoa, calm down a little bit, right? They've been guarded and protected by the Father in every single situation by His mercy. His mercy will cover. His mercy will make a way for you. It's so hard for me because the potential is like through the roof for grace to be manifested. Grace is found when we slow down and we listen to the Father. Grace is found when we stop reacting to situations and we seek the Father on how to respond according to His Word. And now grace manifests. And the thing that you thought would destroy you becomes a moment of kindness unto his glory. Because you took time with the Father. We all lack wisdom. There's only one place that's really found. The Father. He might give you some wisdom through Scripture. He might give you some wisdom through the people around you, right? There's many ways that we receive wisdom according to the word of God. But nothing is as wise as the Father himself. So we have to develop this capacity and ability to encounter the kindness of God through the grace of God by coming boldly before the throne of grace. His throne of grace. We can come boldly When we feel like all we deserve is mercy, we can come boldly to find out what grace he has in store for us. Is this making sense? Okay, good. Um, He says here in verse 7, that in the age to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. The Lord has been speaking to me about the last, I don't know, tomorrow's our 12-year wedding anniversary. What's up, Mama? (laughs) You know, one thing the Lord's been dealing with Meek and I in is, is developing and actually intentionally pursuing passion in this season on a different level in our marriage. Like, how do we cultivate that better? It's been fun. One of the realities, and the only reason why I bring that up is the Lord was showing me how much ambition 
and pride in, in like ambitious to be a really good minister, ambitious for success, ambitious for the kudos, ambitious for approval, ambitious to see a vision accomplished, ambitious in a lot of different areas, and the Lord has just kind of been over the last year of being back in ministry, he's just been continually stopping me from ambition. Like where I normally would have like engaged at certain times to really push something just to let my hands out and just like let it go and just let it be what it is. If things feel chaotic here, it's probably just because I'm not, I'm not putting my hands on much. I'm letting a lot of things just kind of flow I don't think that's how it's always going to be. He's just teaching me how to do things lacking that personal ambition to prove something. I hope that's okay for you guys to know that that's real for ministers to struggle with. I don't know a single minister that doesn't struggle with ambition. Never met one because we have vision. We know what God, we, we sense what God wants to do with our lives, with the ministry, with the people around us. And it just creates a drive that if it is not redeemed, that ambition just ruins things, right? So praise God, he's working on me on that. And in order to remove ambition, you have to receive the gift. In order to remove ambition... You have to receive the gift. If you, are, um, if you are constantly trying to perform for God, for God to approve you, it's because you have not received the gift of grace yet. I think we all want to please God. I, I would imagine that you're here because you love Jesus and you want to either learn more about him or you want to please him right? Maybe it's all the above. <laughs> Good. With that in mind, knowing that all of our hearts are set to pursue God, we have to be reminded that our approval is already in hand. It was a gift given to you. You are approved. And so all of your ambition and all of the striving that I'm famous for, literally famous for, Okay, all of that, all of those things all must come and be laid down before the Father as an, as an honest sacrifice of praise, as an offering of my brokenness to God so that I'd never pursue those ambitions again. Why is that so important? He wants to build you, not you, build you. He wants to build this house, not me build this house. Are you with me? Okay, there's this laying down that has to happen in order to receive grace. There's a laying down of every area that you struggle with. It's got to be laid down. And if you don't if you lay it down before the Father, but you don't receive what he's giving to you, you will pick that thing back up the minute you walk away. Receive grace. It is a gift to you. It is free. He doesn't require anything other than what? I believe it. Faith. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ambition will... Drive us into going after the good works without receiving the gift of grace. So, in order to receive grace, we have to lay down our ambition, our desire to prove, our desire to <laughs> think that we can make it happen. You can't. None of us can. We come before the Father broken. We repent for partnering with that lie that I can do it on my own. 
that I can please God apart from God? That I can do enough good to offset my bad? That I can figure out the problem on my own? In my own wisdom, in my own power? We have to repent and say, Father, forgive me for trying to do that on my own. I need you. And in that place, we say, God, I give you my ambition. I give you the things that I'm holding on to. I'm giving you that situation, that relationship. I'm giving you the things that I'm longing for. I give those things to you. And now he can exchange it with grace that empowers those things that are of him to get done, which often our ambition aligns with his will. But he says, no, until I have it, I can't empower you. So we exchange the control of trying to do it on our own for the grace that empowers us to actually do our part in his perfect will. Amen? Amen. So he's prepared things for you to do. Some of you have amazing callings in this room. And the enemy wants to do anything he can to prevent it. So we're not going to give the enemy that opportunity. Why? He's already prepared it for you, and he's ready to empower you to do it his way by letting our lives be laid down before the Father fully surrendered, that all pride and ambition be laid before the feet of Jesus. Now, there's two things happening here. One, I'm preaching to myself. Right? Because these are the lessons the Lord's teaching me. But two, we cannot be a house of ambition. We need to be a house, a family surrendered, receiving grace for ourselves and for each other in this season. All right, let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I am, I'm grateful for each of you who are here today. I'm grateful for those of you who are watching online. God's taking us deeper. And we don't get deeper unless we're more surrendered. We have to lean in to the empowerment of grace. We have to lean in to trusting his mercy. And we have to lean in to letting go of how we think it should go. Because the way often we think it should go is our wisdom. God wants us to go places that we can't even imagine yet. So you're thinking ain't going to get you there. Come on. So, Father, we come before you right now. Will you just raise your hands to heaven to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to give you? This is not about the people around you. This is between you and Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and you would give each person here exactly what they need so that they might be able to surrender and let go of any area where they have been trying to control their life. Any areas where we, <laughs> where we have not fully trusted you, we put it in your hands today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to replace with a gift the thing that they're going to give to you right now. So I want you to consider what it is that you're going to give to the Father. What it is that you want to give to him. however you want. I want that. I want you to picture the name of that thing in your hands and just give it to the Father. Let him take it from you. Whatever that area it is. Maybe it's a family member, a spouse, some kids. Could be anything in your life. It could be your ministry. It could be family. I mean, whatever it is. Give it to the Father. 
And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would exchange it. Wait to receive back what the Father wants to give you. It may be as simple as you're approved. Well done. It could be that he loves you. He will give you something. He will put it in your hands. So let's just take a moment and let it be exchanged. Let that thing that you've held on to be given to the Lord. And then let the Holy Spirit place back into your hands something from the Father that he's given you. have a clear exchange that you would like to share where God took something and he gave you back something anyone here I feel like it's important to get some testimony on this Mike as I was sitting here praying I had my hands out and my hands become light. And it says, Father, I lay down my life for you. And he says, the reason why your arm is so light is because I exchanged your, lo- your yoke for mine. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Come on. Come on. Amen. Anyone else? I knew she was going to share. gave up was control when it comes to health and you know my desire even as a doctor just for my family obviously having been what we've been through um, the desire to control and like have my good ideas to do the right thing um, just giving up that sense of wanting to control and um, what I received was comfort comforter and um, I just really have the sense that the Holy Spirit wants to be the first uh, thing I seek in those moments when I'm desiring to take control to try to help someone with their health or help myself or my family member Um, but just instead first really seeking the comfort in the discomfort of knowing you know, the health issues, whether it's personal or somebody else, you know, my high compassion, I, I hate seeing people in ill health. Um, and so I want to do something, but I feel like he just exchanged that, um, the comfort in those moments, in that discomfort of seeing someone hurting and, um, also be the guide what to do next. Wow. Come on. You know when uh, the Holy Spirit is telling you to share and your heart starts to beat a little faster and you can't quite breathe? <laughs> yeah, that's right here. So <laughs> I, as most of you know, I'm working now from home part-time for my boss of 27 years. This is really hard for me. And so I have all these ideas of what to do with my sewing business going forward. And so I was giving that to God. And 
he said a curious thing to me that then he told me I had to share with you. That's why my heart started beating really like, fast. Wait, what, what? I couldn't hardly breathe. And it was to seek counsel. Let's go. That's a big win. Wow. Does anybody else have an exchange that they want to share? Yes. There was a booming voice from the sky. <laughs> so, like Mika, I also gave up control, offered the Lord control. Um, and uh, so I was waiting for him to give me something. He gave me a garment of light. He said he would protect me. Oh, wow. So thank you, Jesus. Wow. That's beautiful. I recommend that if you didn't experience that exchange, that you do take time with Jesus today. Today. And say, God, what are you exchanging? And I ask that each of you, everybody in here, find a place to write it down. Write down what was exchanged. Write it down. You don't have a journal? Go to the back page of your Bible. There's usually a couple extra little pages back there. Write it down. Put it on a sticky note. Put it on your mirror. God wants to cement his grace in your soul today. For the things that have been out of alignment, he's bringing them in alignment. And he will empower you he will empower you in it. So Father, we just bless every person here this morning. We declare your grace over them. We declare that your love is greater than and it is better than. It is kinder than. It is more precious than. It is more powerful than anything from our past. It's more, more amazing than anything in our present. Your love is greater and because of your love, you've given us grace. And we receive your grace today. And we run to you, Lord, instead of trusting in ourselves, in our own wisdom and understanding. We run to you and we let go of control. We run to you when we feel that heavy burden because your yoke is easy. We run to you, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, that today, we can seek your face and experience you. Not in theory, but you want to encounter us in our soul, in our mind, in our will, in our emotions, in our spirits. You want to come and encounter us today. So we're going to sing one last song today before we're done. I pray that you sing with us, boldly sing. If you want to come up and just pour your heart out to the Father, you're free to do so. I'm excited for what the Lord is doing. I am beyond excited for what he's doing in all of us. Amen? Amen. Let's sing together. Tiffany, could you help on the slides for that? to you and to fall into grace. We bless your name. Lord, I pray that there would be a stirring of hunger for your presence. That none of us would be satisfied because there is an unending well unending wealth to draw from. So Father, I'm praying for supernatural hunger for your presence, a thirst for your presence, that we would be so deeply satisfied by taking you in that it would spur that deeper hunger and thirst. 
from that place of deep satisfaction. Not from lack, but from fullness. So Father, I, I, I thank you for what you're doing. We bless your name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. As the house lights come up, we just bless you. Say hi to one another. Oh, um, just so that you're aware, if you haven't taken in the growth track, if you haven't done first step or next step, those will start in February. Okay? And then uh, just a reminder for all of those who've already finished next step, leader step starts next week. All right. There you go. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.